Hello, welcome to Westbrook. My name is Jonathan. How's everybody doing? Uh, if you're visiting us today, I want to welcome you to Westbrook. Um, our vision is to help people know Christ fully and make him known. Uh, my name is Jonathan Alarcón, and I'm the pastor of the Gente Unida congregation that meets here in this place at 1.45 p.m. for bilingual services. And each time I mention that I pastor a church uh, where I preach uh, bilingual services, people ask me, what is it like? What does it mean to have a bilingual service? And this is how I explain it. I first say a phrase in Spanish, and then I say the same, the same thing in English. For example, Juan 3.16, John 3.16, says that, uh, for God so loved the world, de tal manera amó Dios al mundo, que dio a su Hijo único, that he gave his one and only Son, para que todo aquel que en él crea, so that whoever believes in him, no se pierda, shall not perish, pero tenga vida eterna but have eternal life. And this helps as we have people who only speak Spanish and their kids mostly speak English. If you haven't already, feel free to visit us anytime to experience church in English and Spanish and make sure to bring your Spanish-speaking friends to hear the message of the gospel being preached in both languages. My wife's name is Cynthia and we have three kids. You can see a picture of them on the screens you will only see two kids because one of them, John David, lives in heaven. He would have been eight. Then I have a six-year-old, Joycey, and a two-year-old, Jed. And before I start today's message, I want to thank Pastor Mont for giving me the opportunity to share the Word of God with you today. So please pray for him as he's on his July study break, planning and strategizing for the next year messages. Okay, so we're in this sermon series titled, Peeled. Last week, Pastor Mont told us that the purpose of the series is to understand what the Bible says about the fruits of the Spirit that should just naturally permeate from every Christ follower. We learn of the, fru we learn of the fruit of the spirits from Galatians chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul lists nine things that will mark the life of a true follower of Christ. And I'm going to paraphrase from Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23, and read from the New Living Translation. And I'm going to ask you to please stand for the reading of the scripture. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. So I say, walk by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Will you please bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, I want to pray for each person here. I want to ask you to please bring peace to those hearts that feel a heavy burden. I want to ask you for the sick. You know their pain. Please bring them healing. I want to pray for the person who's facing struggles at work. Please give them guidance. I pray for the dad and mom and the single parent facing challenges at home. Please give them vision. Give them wisdom and peace. I want to pray for the youth and the children of this church. You know every one of their worries. I pray that you show your love to them. And Lord, we come before your throne of grace to ask that you prepare our hearts to receive the message of your word today. We pray that your word speaks clearly to us. 
Help us to find joy in Christ in the midst of our struggles and pain. And this I pray in the beautiful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So last week, Pastor Mont spoke about the first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Today, I'm very excited to talk to you about the second fruit, which is joy. And let me start by asking a question. What gives you joy? A different way to ask this question is, if I could grant you one wish, what would it be? It's very likely that many of us choose something related to wealth, fame, or relationships. We choose these items because they bring us happiness. Wouldn't you agree that if I gave you a check for $10,000 or $20,000 right now, that will make you happy? For those who are into social media, wouldn't you agree that if I promise you that with one simple trick, you could, give 5, 000, you could get 5,000 organic followers on Instagram or a Facebook pa fan page in a second and it happened, wouldn't that make you happy? Or for those of you who are looking for their other half, what if I said that I could help you find the love of your life for sure, wouldn't that make you happy? There used to be a time in my life when I thought that wealth, fame, and love brought joy. But I've met people with thousands of dollars sitting in their savings right now, and they're still looking for happiness. I've also met people who have reached the pinnacle of success and have thousands of followers on social media, and they're still looking for happiness. And I've met people who thought they had found the love of their lives, got married, and after a few years, they were unhappy. Here's the problem. The problem is that we think that what we need is happiness, when in reality, what we really desire is to have joy. Joy is one of the most misunderstood fruits in the Bible. I say this because many people confuse joy with happiness, but happiness and joy are completely different. Let's first talk about happiness. Most of us will say that having a good day makes us happy, right? Happiness is based on happenings or circumstances and found in the things of the world. We say, I feel happy because everything is going according to my plans. The problem with that idea is that we can't always be happy because we can't control everything about our lives. A lot of things can go wrong in one day. Traffic is horrible. Your car breaks down, you're late for work, your bus is in a bad mood, things at home are a mess, and then later in the day, you go see your doctor and he tells you that your health is not okay. And by then, all your joy is completely over. We all want to have good days, and we have some good days, but it's impossible to always have good days, and because of that, we can't always be happy. Happiness is only temporary, and it depends on circumstances. On the other hand, joy, the fruit of the Spirit, is not found in the things of this world and is not based in our circumstances. The Bible is filled with passages that encourage us to rejoice no matter the circumstances, no matter our pain, our situation, and it teaches us that true joy is found in our position as sons and daughters of God through Christ. The purpose of today's message is to help you find joy. 
joy that the Spirit of God offers you in the midst of challenges, difficulties, and bad days. So here's our main idea. Even in the midst of our struggles and pain, we can still rejoice in the Lord. Even in the midst of our struggles and pain, we can still rejoice in the Lord. Our main idea comes from a letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians. and It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. If you were to open the dictionary and look for joy, it will define it as the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Its synonyms are satisfaction, delight, elation, cheer, charm, bliss, and gladness. Meanwhile, the opposite of joy is unhappiness, discouragement, dislike, misery, sadness, and sorrow. But the biblical definition from joy comes from the Greek word chara, which means joy. Chara is the natural reaction to the work of God, whether promised or fulfilled. Chara is the response to the Greek word charis. Charis means grace or gift. In other words, we respond with joy, chara, in every circumstance, because we have received the gift of charis, which is grace. The word joy alone appears 326 times in the New Testament. Now, 131 or 44% of them are found in the letters written by the Apostle Paul. And it is important to us because for Paul, being saved by grace and reconciled with God results in the ability to have joy no matter the circumstances. Joy is largely composed of gratitude. Gratitude for the wonderful things God has done for us. He's exceedingly great and precious promises for our future. Second Peter 1.4 says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Joy is spiritual, is supernatural, and it is essential for the life of every believer. It is what distinguishes a Christ follower from a person whose only focus is on the things of this world. Joy is not found in the world because it is the expression of the kingdom of God in every believer through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. Joy is a gift of God to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It shouldn't be taken from us by the world. The only way in which Christians cannot have joy is when we give it away. That's when it's robbed from us. So my question for you today is, do you have joy? Is this fruit of the Spirit evident in you? Let me share three reasons why you're probably not experiencing joy in your life. Here are three things that kill joy. The first thing that kills joy is fear. Fear is a big reason we don't feel joyful. 
Since we feel that we have no control of our lives, therefore we fear. Fear can consume you with worry. There's an endless supply of things to worry about, both in world affairs and in our personal lives. Fear will stop you from living and enjoying the life that God has given you, and it will distract you from being in tune with God's voice in your life. We live in fear because we know that we have no control over our situation, and that causes anxiety in us. While you wrestle with anxiety-filled thoughts, you are consumed and robbed of the gift of joy. It's so out of our control that we live in fear because it's hard for us to believe that God is still in control. But we need to be reminded that God is seated on the throne and that he will always be on time. It might not be our time, but he's always on time. The scripture says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us worry. Somebody else has, the devil. He will like nothing more than to distract you from God and uses fear to derail you from God's plans for you. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you live in fear, be reminded today that God knows what's best for you. He truly is working out all situations for good in your life. If you have accepted Christ, he lives in you. He never worries and he wants you to bring all your worries to him. The second thing that kills joy is selfishness. Selfishness is when we want things to go our way. Our selfishness seeks to control everything around us and makes us more concerned with fulfilling our own desires than the needs of those around. Selfishness will not, will not allow us to experience joy, especially when others are esteemed. James 4, verses 1 and 2 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Selfishness gets in the way of our joy because it constantly finds something wrong in everything. When things don't go our way, we don't feel happy, and we're unable to experience the joy that God desires for us. We don't have joy because we believe that our plans are better than God's plans. Selfishness is being more concerned with our own interests over God's and makes it difficult for someone to submit to God's will. C.S. Lewis wrote about this. The principle runs through all life from top to bottom. Up yourself, and you will find your real self. Lose your life, and you will save it. Submit to death. Death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day, and the death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being, of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will be really yours. 
Nothing in you that has not died will ever be erased from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. The third thing that kills joy in us is bitterness. Joy and bitterness cannot reside in the same heart. Bitterness steals your joy. Hebrews 12, 15 warns us about it. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness not only destroys us from within, but it also causes us trouble that will lead to unhappiness. When we're bitter, there is no joy and no hope and no encouragement. Therefore, no gratefulness. No gratefulness that flows through our lives because there is resentment. We can't have joy because we carry deep bitterness around and we can't enjoy every a single moment in life. Bitterness has a way of killing us like a slow death. And then we become resentful toward God. The good news is that anyone can overcome a bitter spirit. I invite you to take a look at how bitterness has already affected you, your heart, your attitude, your point of view, and how it has killed your joy. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. God encourages us to deal with it. If you're suffering from bitterness, then seek forgiveness today and ask God to help you. Stop playing tug of war. Just drop the rope and walk away and leave it where it falls. Don't go back and pick it up. Only then you get rid of all bitterness and will allow God to, tell, to take control over your life. Whatever is causing you to not have joy, give it to God. Don't let fear, selfishness, and bitterness steal the joy that you can experience today through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the same way that there are things that kill your joy, I want to share with you three things that will produce joy in your life. What I'm about to share with you has been the key that has given me so much joy in the midst of pain and struggles. And I say this because I went through a time in my life when the, the pain was so much that I was ready to give up. One of those times in my life was when I heard the, nurse, when I heard the nurses and the doctors say, uh, tell my wife, they said this, we're very sorry, but we cannot find your baby's heartbeat. At that moment, all of our dreams and hopes for the future collapsed right in front of us. Those words took away all my joy. But when I understood that God had a plan for my son's life, that his plan was perfect in Christ, and that my son's life was so valuable to God, that's when my wife and I started to feel inexplicable joy in the midst of our pain. So the things that I'm about to share with you are what gave us perspective, encouragement, hope for the future, and faith that resulted in so much joy. Three things that will produce the fruit of joy in, in, your, in your life in the midst of pain and struggle are, number one, knowing who he is. You can have joy in the midst of challenges, difficulties, and turmoil 
because of who God is. God is Lord. And because he is Lord, I can trust that he is in control. He's in control because he's all powerful and his power is my protection. He is right there covering me with his love. We learned last week that God is love, but today I want you to know I want you to know to know that God is joyful far more than any human being has ever been. He enjoys his creation and he delights in you. Just listen to the word of Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. When I know that God is in control because he is the Lord, I find joy in the midst of my circumstances. In his letter to the Romans, Paul tells us that we can have joy because no matter the situation, the God loves us has a plan. He writes this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we need to be reminded of that constantly. Joy is not the first product of the Spirit. It is next to the first. The first one mentioned is love. And we need to understand that the first fruit, joy, uh, love produces that joy in us. It rises out of our love for God. And if we're filled with godly love, wouldn't that produce joy in our lives? Of course it will. 1 Peter 1.8 says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So here's the question for you. If you believe that God was in complete control of everything that happens to you, and that everything that happens to you has a purpose, and that he's used everything that happens to you, positive, negative, good, bad, light or darkness, for your benefit, to improve your life, to make you grow, and for the advancement of his kingdom. Can you imagine the amount of joy that you would have? We can experience joy today because God is Lord. The second thing that will produce joy in your life in the midst of pain and struggles is knowing who he says I am. Not only God is Lord, but he identifies as our Father. We all want to feel accepted, Well, joy comes from being accepted. God loves us the way we are, no matter what we do. 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Joy comes from being accepted into God's own family. We don't need to do anything to be accepted by him. The only thing that he expects from us is that we accept his son and love his son, Jesus Christ. That should give us joy. We should be the most joyful people because of who we are in Jesus. We are chosen, not forsaken. He is for us and not against us. God and his only son as a ransom to die for us at the cross 
to take our place and be forgiven and accepted into God's family. You can be filled with joy today because of what Jesus did for you at the cross. Being sons and daughters of God means that this earth is not our home. Jesus himself said that he was going to go to heaven to prepare a place for us because we are God's children and he's waiting for us. Jesus said in John 14, in my father's house, there's a place for you and me because we're children of the most high God. So knowing that Jesus is sufficient, that gives me joy. Joy because I know that in the same way he defeated death, I am victorious through him in any circumstance. And his joy is not a joy that comes and goes. It is constant. In John 15, 11, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You can experience joy today because of who he said you are. And the third thing that will produce joy in the midst of pain and struggles is believing his promises. Joy comes from believing in God's promises for our future, and they tell us three things. Number one, that God is with us. This is a beautiful promise because I know that God is with me wherever I go, and I can have joy and because he is with me and he is victorious, I know that no matter the circumstance, I will have the victory. Number two, God has a plan. God has a specific journey for you. Stop comparing your life to others. Your life is unique. God wants you to trust him in times of trouble. Psalm 50, 15 says, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. And because God has a plan for my life, I can rejoice. And number three, God will help you. Psalm 43, 5 says, I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And I want you to know today that God answers your prayers. So as I get to the end of my message, I want you to hear some of God's promises for you today. Please listen carefully. They're going to be on the screens. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you that clear the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. Revelation 21, 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. My prayer is that you choose to have joy despite your circumstances. If you haven't had joy in a long time, Today is the day to experience joy. 
And make sure to share the joy that God gives you with others. The world is watching us. And when they see us, they wonder, how can a person have so much joy when it's going through difficulties and challenges? Joy in the midst of challenges and pain could be your greatest testimony to the world. Have you ever considered that God could use your joy in the midst of hardship to bring others to Christ? Christians don't have less problems than non-Christians do. I believe that Christians have the same amount of problems than non-Christians do. The difference is not the amount of problems, but the joy that we have because we know who is in control. Billy Graham once said, nothing in the Bible says that, a, that Christians should be exempt from the natural disasters and the problems and sickness that we face in the world. However, the Christian can face tribulation, crisis, and disaster through a supernatural power that is not available to the person outside of Christ. So he can have joy in the midst of pain and struggles because of who he is, because of who he says you are, and because you hold on to his promises. His promises are true. Hold the person next to you. His promises are true. And they're a source of life from which eternal joy flows. So here's our takeaway. No matter the circumstances, I will rejoice in the Lord because of who he is, who he says I am, and because he will fulfill his promises. I'm going to ask you to please stand. And please read this, read with me uh, this takeaway again. Patrick, if you can put it on the screen again. No matter the circumstances, I will rejoice in the Lord because of who he is, who he says I am, and because he will fulfill his promises. Please close your eyes. I'm going to spend, we're going to spend the next few minutes in prayer. <clears throat> God, I thank you so much that when we come to church to worship you, God, you speak to us. We believe your word is living and active, and we believe that you have a greater plan for our lives. I want to pray for the person who came to church today with the need to hear a word that will encourage their heart and soul. I pray, Father, that you fill that life with the joy that you give through your Holy Spirit and help them find joy today, no matter the circumstances, because of who you are, because of who you say we are, and because of your beautiful promises to us. Thank you, Lord, for your beautiful presence that covers us. Please give us joy to be able to share with others your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your grace. And let us do it with passion, Lord. And I don't know, but there might be someone here today that has never committed their life fully to Jesus. And today the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And if you believe that God has a greater plan for your life and you want to give your life to Christ, allow me to guide you in this prayer. Pray with me, Heavenly Father, today I come to you and give you my life. Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Make me new. I surrender my whole life completely to you. Fill me with your spirit 
so I can follow you every day of my life and experience your joy. My life is not mine, it is now yours. Thank you for new life and thank you for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name I pray.